What's up, what's up, everybody? It's Danny Green here, back with more Inside the Green Room. My co-host, Harrison Sanford. We got a chance to sit down with my teammate, Zaire Williams, and his road from rehab back to making his debut. Also, his senior year playing with Bronny James and why he turned down the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. Who the hell knows why he would ever do such a thing? But before we get into that, we know my man H got all the drama and wants to talk about it. So H, what you got for us? Oh, I love the NBA, Danny, because there's always some drama. Yes, uh, I'm looking forward to talking to Zaire. But first, I got to get your thoughts on one. Uh, what is it? The coldest one where they call Mr. Ice Trey. One Trey Young, uh, his uh, private life became public. <laughs> thanks to a report from The Athletic and Sham Sharania. Apparently, uh, him and Nate McMillan had a little dispute, had a disagreement about uh, how he should participate uh, in shoot-around. And if he didn't participate in shoot-around, then he would have to come off the bench uh, mm -hmm. or not attend the game. And he didn't attend the game as the Hawks beat Denver. Uh, this was late last week. I'm curious, when you saw that report, though, what was going through go, going through your mind? Um, so with the information that is being put out there, cause I can't speak on what I don't know, you know, obviously mm -hmm. it's a private matter. He said, I did see in his interview where one of the reporters was really kind of attacking him a little bit. I, I thought it didn't make him uneasy. I thought it was a bad approach. You know, it's not what you say it's how you say it and how you approach someone. And I mm. did, I did think he was in every right to talk to the reporter the way, cause the reporter was talking to him a certain way, but with the information that is being out there, I'm sure that he as well as myself thinks I thought he could have handled it differently. Um, being a role player is hard for me to understand how a star player mindset is or attitude or what to take in place. But for me, it's like, all right, you know, I'm going to do what is necessary for my, my brothers or my team. I'm going to do what is what, you know, and who knows how that exchange went or how Nate talked to him or how disrespected he felt in that, you know, in that matter or in that atmosphere. Uh, but for me, it's always like, all right, regardless of having, uh, an out or disagreement with the head coach, which I've had in my past, uh, I'm going to be there for my team. I'm going to be there for my brothers. I'm going to be there for me. I'm going to be a professional. And not saying that you know he's not a professional. I said, I just don't know the ins and outs of the private conversation. Um, and who knows how extreme it was. But for me, I think it could have been handled differently. I'm sure that another conversation could have taken place after that, where things have calmed down to where he can still be there for his team or show up where they can come to some type of compromise to where it was not one or the other. Um, and he said it was mutual. So we don't know what what kind of really took place or what really was the discussion if Nate said, you know, don't show up or, you know, don't do this or don't do that. So um, from what the information that is being out there, being put out there, and what I've heard and what I've known, what you've just told me, I would say, you know, my thoughts are, yes, it could have been handled differently. A conversation could have been had. And yes, he could have or should have been there with his team or, or at least on the sidelines for his teammates and his brothers, um, you know, being, uh, you know, a professional athlete in this in this league and being a high valued or high watched or a superstar. You know, there are certain things that you have to live up to, certain things that you have to do, the certain standards that you have to meet and expectations. And one of those is showing up night in, night out, ready to play and at a high level, but also, you know, leading your team. And part of that is, is learning and growing up to be a leader. And, and that's him showing up. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's interesting, Danny. Um, so Nate McMillan was the coach of the Indiana Pacers and then ended up now in Atlanta. And uh, it, it seemed as if for some of the reporting was that he just wasn't getting along with either the players or, or, or the front office. And it made me just think of like, and I'm looking at, as we're recording this right now, I'm watching the Lakers game. And I mm -hmm. see Russell Westbrook come off the bench now and actually it seems like he's embracing that role. 
And so now it makes me really start to think, and I knew this, but I'm sure you can kind of co-sign this. As much as coaching is about X and O's and drawing up plays and, and, and you know, being innovative with your team and, and your scheme mm-hmm. and your game plan, I feel like so much of it, Danny, is just, can you coach men? Can you lead men? Can you relate can to you men? Can you manage egos? Can you manage egos and personalities and ter- certain dynamics? I feel like that might even be as important, if not more important than the For actual sure. X's and O's. Probably more important than this level. Um, Cause a lot of guys understand and know the game. Obviously a big part of the X's and O's and strategy and philosophies is part of winning the game. But when you have superstars being able to, I wouldn't say micromanage, but be able to put them and not just them, but role players in positions to be successful and for them to accept that, um, you know, and, and sometimes you have different situations where some superstars or all-stars are not going to vibe with it or not like it and not be on the same page as you. But I said, it's all about approach. And I think the way Darvin Ham has approached Russell Westbrook in that situation has allowed Russ to be more open to doing that. And now he's embracing it and you see things are going well for him and for them. They are on a better uh, groove and a better rhythm, better chemistry. And not saying that Nate was going to have Trey come off the bench for the rest of the season. I just think it was because of a disciplinary disciplinary action for you, whatever is consequence that you, um, whatever you had did or whatever actions you took to, to get you in that situation is this is what the disciplinary actions are. Or these are consequences for you not showing up late or not doing shoot around. And, you know, eventually you, you get back to starting. It wasn't a permanent situation. Um, but it, for those of managing guys that are getting older or different games or for our team or our system, you're better for us. We need more scoring off the bench for them to understand that it's all about, you know, coaches managing egos, taking the right approach and coming to them in a, in a grown man way and saying, hey, this is what we need from you. And we know that you're great enough to do this. You're good enough to do that and be a star. But for us to be successful as a group, we're going to need you to, to, to do this. We need to put you here. Um, so that, that's a good, I would say at least 40% of, of what this league is about is it, not just, you know, X's and O's and plays and, and, you know, theories and how to stop teams, but be able to manage your players as grown men. And that's the reason why a lot of teams are signing or bringing back Udonis Haslam's or Jared Dudley's or bringing me on as a mentor here in Memphis to get guys to understand certain things or to relay a message to guys that a coach may not be able to relay and get them to see the bigger picture on why it's important for them to be accepted certain roles as professionals. Yeah, for sure. Um, when, when you see things go, I'm just looking at all the teams that you've been on uh, that at least won championships. And, you know, I, I'm sure the chemistry um, was a one uh, and that, you know, and that, that also relies on the coach being there for the team and kind of guiding them. So I hope, uh, you know, I hope that continues to happen with you there in Memphis and uh, we'll see how sure. it develops there in Atlanta. But speaking of coaches, Danny, I hate when I do this sometimes. Last mm-hmm. time we did this show, uh, I referenced something and we had, we talked about so many different things. I forgot to get back to it. There okay. is this one thing, speaking of coaches, called the Doc Rivers rule. Can you please <laughs> enlighten our audience on what the Doc Rivers rule is? This is a good question. I've seen you spoke, speak about this on multiple occasions. Uh, there's many different things you could be referring to on this. I don't know or recall in what aspect or topic you mean on the Doc Rivers rule. Because I don't know if you've seen, but there's a lot of viral videos of people doing interviews, Ty Lue, Kevin Garnett, about Doc Rivers, of how and motivating them. Motivating them. But you said a Doc Rivers rule. What is this? Bro, I thought you said it the last episode. I thought you said that if he, if you, if you go out to dinner 
This wasn't a rule. This was just something that okay. he did on his own thing. Okay. So we'll go get back to that. So Doc had a thing. It wasn't really a rule. Um, it's funny that you bring that up, but it's a thing like, you know, he loves to eat. He, he's a foodie. I think he loves restaurants. And he likes to go, I wouldn't say hole in the walls, but he likes to go to these hidden really good places um, within each city. And he'd say, yo, if you could find me, I'll pay for your bill. You know, that was that was one of the things that he he always did. And uh, it's not something I carried on, but it's something here that I, I could see myself doing. And uh, some of the staff, I, I kind of used it. And when I was in New York, I wouldn't say it was a hidden thing, but it was a hard place to get into. I went to a restaurant. It was a really good restaurant, a very hard place to get into. And, and you know, I just so happened somebody from our organization had walked in and sat down as well. So I was like, you know what? I ran into them twice, actually, that we can go in different dinner places um, eating food. So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be doc right now. So they didn't know, but I ended up, well, they knew at the end of the night, but I ended up paying for the bill because they had found me twice now um, eating in a, in a big city of New York. So um, I'll probably end, implement that with my my younger players, which I doubt they even go out the room, have them eat room service or eat whatever. But if I do end up going out with my family or friends and I end up seeing somebody, I think I seen Jake LaRavia one time the first night, um, but he was with a bunch of people. But uh, I think it's a pretty good, it's a, it's a dope thing to to do for your your teammates, your brothers, your former players or employees and organizations be able to, you know, if you find me in the city, you know, at a good restaurant, you know, I'm going to take care of your meal type of deal. So Doc was always good with that, even though I never got a chance to find him. But uh, he did take care of our meals when we did do team dinner. So uh, we appreciate him for that. But yeah, that was, I think that was a dope uh, thing that he kind of uh, had had going for himself. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, so you paid, tell, so when you were in New York, you yeah. paid for somebody else's dinner. Tell yeah. me, tell me that person who you paid for is like a rookie second no. year. It's not no, nobody it in the front office. No, it wasn't a player. It wasn't. Oh, a player. okay, okay, all right, all right. Just, yeah, it was a media think... person. It was a media okay. person. Well, well, no, you still. I mean, you still could have paid for. Oh yeah, I'm not I think paying. You for still pay for like a rookie. Oh, oh, for I was, sure. Yeah, I, was saying, I was about to say, if oh. you pay for somebody in the front office, I'm about to be oh. upset. <laughs> Listen, this is this is another rule. There's an asterisk here for this this little thing that Doc's going on, and he may he may not have this asterisk. But for me, if you make more money than me, I'm, more money than me, I'm not paying for your dinner. Thank you. So, about to say. <laughs> so, like you know, I remember I don't mind paying for Jaws meal or or Jaren's meal. But these no, young guys, what you mean? No, way, no, 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 Daddy, no, you can't do that. I said I don't mind it. Doesn't mean I'm doing it. I'm just saying. <laughs> Do you not let me finish yeah. my statement here? I wouldn't mind doing it, but I'm not going to do it. So, like, those guys that make more money than me. Now, rookies, you guys still in their first contracts, you know, stuff like that. Media people, employees, staff, I don't mind taking care of their bill, you know. But front office guys, they probably have more money than me, make more money, you know, GMs or coaching staff, you know, they, they're pretty – they might not, but I wouldn't mind taking care of a coaching staff. But certain players and certain front office people – Sorry, nah, you guys are excluded from this uh, this nah. little theory, this little rule we got going on. <laughs> you know what's going to happen now, Danny? They, you about to have all the youngins on the squad on a scavenger oh, sure. hunt. <laughs> they ain't going to find me. They don't leave the room. They don't leave the room. <laughs> oh, yeah, until, until they hear this episode, they're going to be like, all right, bet. <laughs> they going to find yeah. you. We'll they going to find you. Wait, yeah, wait till y'all go play in L.A. You're going to be found. You're going to be found. You better go back to your house. In LA, yeah, and that's where I, that's where I eat at. I eat near my house. They're not going that far out. They they're gonna be in Beverly Hills or something like that eating. I'm gonna be right in my area eating at a small little restaurant, which I doubt any of them have ever heard of or even been. They probably haven't been in my area. Uh, I hear that. I could hey, I commend you for uh for for doing that. That's pretty dope. I will also say this too, Danny. 
I commend you for your uh, television choice. I have, with your recommendation, I have started your honor on Showtime. And man, is it good. Oh, You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. You're you know, very welcome. I started football white, season's I pretty started, much over. I need I need entertainment that's not sports related. It's it's and White Lotus is done. This well, we got one more episode left. Uh your honor is hitting the spot. I just started that. So I appreciate your recommendation on that as well. Um, I do have some others and said your honor was, I think, the same director and producer. Not too fast, Dave. Don't go too fast. Just but we'll get you. Me, we'll get me, you there, bro. We'll get you there. So I ain't staring you wrong. Let me get through your show. honor first and let me finish it. All right. But wait, White Lotus is a good one as well. So I started that and, it, and it's been good for me. So I appreciate you and your suggestion. You have not steered me wrong just yet with all the recommendations you've given me. With I, the very I've, few. I, and, I, and, I will, and I refuse to ever give one bad recommendation. I refuse. We'll see. That's there's there's going to be a time. <laughs> no. All right, we got to get to Zaire Williams as he tells Danny why he turned down the Tar Heels in favor of the Stanford Cardinal. A bunch to discuss with him, and uh, again, once a, once again, a reminder: you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and even now TikTok episodes every Wednesday. And this Wednesday, Zaire Williams. We'll be right back on Inside the Green Room. Back like we left our car keys inside sure. the green room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. And we are joined by a man on the Memphis Grizzlies who is doing the holiday season right, unlike my co-host. If you're man. watching us <laughs> on YouTube, you see Zaire Williams with the Christmas tree in the background. And if you're seeing the screen, you're also seeing one Danny Green without one. Uh, Z, uh, Danny and I have talked about having a Christmas tree up during this time of season. Uh, yeah. He's not with it, unfortunately, right now. But I, I appreciate you for playing the holiday role correctly, yes, my friend. Hey, somebody's got to do it, man. I'm, I'm happy. This to is crazy. This is crazy. I'm not with it. I didn't say I wasn't with it. I just, I just haven't gotten around to doing it in some years. So now that I have, first and foremost, welcome AKA to the show. AKA not with it. We appreciate you joining us on the show. Welcome to the show. It's not about me not being with it. So I have to ask you, who put the tree up for you? Uh, my dad did, you know. Pops. Okay, so you have- Exactly, so you have family in town. He came through, kicked it, yeah, visited. Sure. If they weren't okay. here, for sure would not be out. Okay. No. So there you go. This this only happens decorations. Like my dad's here now too. So he brought some Christmas lights. I don't know why. Because we never take stuff down or put stuff up. So it's just kind of like a waste of money. So it's not that I'm not with Christmas trees. I do enjoy holiday cheer and Christmas lights. I just don't have the time to decorate mm-hmm. or take down, you know, and we've been moving a lot. So I haven't put up a Christmas tree in a, in a while. So he's been on my ass about not having a Christmas tree in my crib. Mind you, I only see Christmas trees as something to put gifts under. So like, if you're going to be here to celebrate with family, to put gifts under, if you have nobody to put gifts under for, and you're not going to be here, we're going to be in the Bay. What's the <laughs> fucking Christmas tree? Excuse my language. Those who are tuning in. Uh, so yeah. we used to do the whole real tree, you know, put on top of the car, water it every night, but hey, we got it. <laughs> and now, you know, just. So y'all got spirit. I like it. I like yeah, it. Got to. Word. So. Before we get into the nitty gritty of things, we're going to have a quick fire. Is that what you want to do first, H, or what? Yeah, let's do the quick fire. Let's do the quick okay. fire, my friend. We got a quick fire round off of questions. And this is kind of, you know, you just, you know, quick thinking. What first thing comes to mind when you ask me, act, when we ask you these questions? All right, man. So this is year two for you. You're still a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
You know, you have to play your first game as a second year, so you're kind of still a rookie. We'll get into that in a, in a second or two later. Um, best moment of your rookie year? Uh, Madison Square Garden game. We played the Knicks. Uh, put up 20 points. Was feeling good. Um, just the whole atmosphere of, of the Garden was just insane. It was definitely one of my favorite moments for sure. First time ever experiencing the Garden ever as a ever. Okay, yeah. and you had a good game. Is this when you had the hair out or no? No, 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 not this okay. one. Yeah, yeah, I did. We played the Warriors uh, game five, beat them by like 30. And I put the hair out for that game, so. Okay, <laughs> okay. For sure. We might need that again for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to the Christmas game in just a moment. Uh, next question for you. Where were you when you got the FIBA under 19 team USA invite. Oh man, that's a great question. Mm, I'm pretty sure I was at home. Uh actually my mom told me I got home from school. Uh I had like this envelope on the table. She gave it to me and I read it and said I got invited. Um it was like all the dates and stuff. So uh, that was a hey, I forgot all about that. That's crazy. <laughs> He's so big time, man. This guy has been invited to everything. You know what I'm saying? You know, that little shit, man. I've been there. Done, you know what I'm saying? Oh, 1900 USA shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to be on a real Olympic team. I yeah. hear it, man. And that was did you so, call, yeah. when you got one my bad, Danny. Uh, when you got when you saw the envelope and you got it, did who did you call any of the other guys on the team? Uh, I think what Jalen was on it, Scotty Bombs was on it. Did you did you hit them up? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't hit anybody up. I didn't know who was going to be there. Um, mm. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't really know too many people like that at the time anyway. So, like, I was just happy to be there, you know, for real. Mm. I hear that to yourself. I, no, I, I did not that, know this much. Go ahead, go, Paige, go, go ahead. I, my bad. I guess that could would have been awkward, Danny, right? Like, you get the invite, and then, like, let's say you hit up like you let's say you hit up like Jalen Green like yo did you get the invite and let's say he didn't get it right? yeah it's like, that's why you yeah yeah for sure it's like a surprise party you can't hit the you know I'm saying like you have no idea mm -hmm. who was invited to what you know what I'm saying so it'd be kind of ruining that for some people and maybe ruining for you know the main person who knows um who might not have got an invite till later on down the line uh so, yes, this is something, Zeke, into the next question that I did not know about you learning as these guys done their research. Your parents were in the military. Is that correct? Yep. Both of them. Pops was in the Marines and mom started in the Army, ended off Air Force. What is the most trouble you've gotten in with your parents? And what was the, the probably the craziest disciplinary thing they made you do from them being in the military? So, like, for them, it was always just talking back like that was just <laughs> that just instantly just got them so I mean I'm not gonna lie there's been there's been quite a few sudden like instances where I've got my butt beat a lot <laughs> or like a lot of times I was talk back to my mom and then my dad would come home from work and then he would just be on it with me right away like uh, double whammy double <laughs> I'm trying to think what's the worst like as a teenager, did it like you know how Boosie, Lil Boosie, I think he had his kids walk the wall. Do you you have you seen that, Harrison? <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. Uh, I haven't seen Boosie that. got this big ass estate property. I think it's in New Orleans. He's somewhere, I think he's in Baton Rouge or something like that. And he makes his kid like I think he made them walk the wall. Like they're doing chores and they're like walking around this big ass estate. I don't know if they're carrying something, but he has them walking the wall and cutting the lawn and doing chores and stuff like that. So they never made you do any like military 
you know, frog leaps, frog crawls, and nothing crazy? Nah, man. I mean, like, I feel like I've, I was forced to walk to school a few times, like, in the cold. Um, that's probably the worst it got. Like, honestly, it was just a bad butt whooping, you know, get the cold <laughs> taken away. And then until they until they feel good again, until they feel nice again, you know, then they kind of let me breathe. But they would always like after every punishment, they especially my dad, he would always like tell me like the right thing to do and tell me like why I got the whipping, you know what I mean? So that's one thing I always respected about him for sure. So one so, last part about this before H you ask, mm -hmm. did they have a certain way that they taught you to like greet them uh or you know, greet certain people? Like, you know, this is how you respect your elders, how you greet, you know, this type of person, and this is how you greet us or talk to us, like, yes, sir, no, sir, you know, were they very strict on how you talk to people? Like, yeah, but they weren't, like, real, like, hardcore military, uh -huh. and they're like, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, like, you know, it's always just make eye contact, um, you know, firm handshakes, um, you know, just really just be a light in the room, man, just always keep the energy up. Um, and more importantly, to respect your elders, respect your fam. So um, that that was the main thing with them. But they they weren't they weren't as bad as as people make it seem. Yeah. Z, I think I heard you say something. You said walk to school in the cold. You said that right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you from you're from six six one Lancaster, California, sure. right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> It gets cold in Lancaster, Florida. Dude, rarely. I mean, that's California. They, get cold. they were on that with me. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, one year, I saw snow one time my whole life out there. It was like second grade. That was like the craziest like experience ever for me. Like we school got canceled. We were out walking <laughs> Blockbuster, getting movies. Uh, it was Blockbuster. Hard. Yeah, back in the day, that's a throwback. Yeah, that's back in the day. Just <laughs> <laughs> took it back. All right, last, last one of the quick fire, real quick. Uh, we'll get to and we'll get to uh, your upbringing in Lancaster in just a moment. Uh, what is your go-to spot in Memphis, Tennessee? Uh, like eating wise, or just whatever, Both. whatever you want to call your go-to spot. It could be it was top three. It could be yeah. eating. It could be vibing. It could be you know mm. anything to be your, your your spot where you go meditate well actually you don't want to give that away but yeah whatever whatever you want to consider your go-to spot right, without right. giving it up too much so there's this um there's this place called blue city cafe uh it's pretty good i know the owner um there um so that was actually the first restaurant i went to out here and the owner of that restaurant ended up being the owner of my house i live in so it worked out oh. you well know, um so for sure when I have the fam out, or aunties, uncles, cousins, we go to like the weekend downtown, a little lounge spot. Um, that's a nice little, really the only hangout spot that I know of out here. Um, and then there's a restaurant called Flight. I don't know if you guys have had it before. It's really good. I've heard of it. Somebody keep mentioning to me. I haven't been there before. Where is yeah, that located? Is that downtown? Yeah, yeah. It's like literally like two minutes from the arena. It's okay. Uh, they give you like three, you get three options of like different samples from the menu. And um, it's a nice little setup. It's it's different, but it's really good. All right. So now getting to the good stuff, man. We know you've been out for shit beginning the whole season, really. Um, how excited are you to be back? And what's your rehab process been like? You know, uh, give us a dive in, you know, the fans a dive in of what, what you've been going through. We know rehab for a lot of people didn't understand how much harder it is during that process than is actually playing the games or practicing you're doing way much more so give us insight to your rehab process and you know 
what was comes was coming. You know, well, how excited are you to be back? Right. Yeah. No, I'm super excited, man. I don't think words could really express my feelings right now. Um, you know, the hardest thing for the uh, for the rehab process for me was just like the mental side. Like, you know, you spend so many hours like training, getting ready for the game. So then when it's taken away from you, it's like, oh, shoot, like, what do I do now? You know, so um, in the beginning, it was rough, um, you know, just waking up, trying to play and then me getting worse. Uh, but once I got on a, a program and I figured out, OK, I'm going to be out for four to six weeks, it kind of just um, put peace in my mind. Like, OK, well, now I don't have to worry about trying to force myself to come back and I could just really dial in on these four to six weeks, take every day, one day at a time. Um, and it was tough. You know, you see me struggling in the weight room. Yeah. <laughs> they're over there killing me. Um, <laughs> so it's all worth it. It makes it all worth it, man. I've been feeling great. Um had some really good play groups, um, played five on five yesterday with the hustle, went really well. So I'm excited, man. I'm just trying to just go out there and, um, you know, just have a factor in the game, man, whether it's defense, scoring, rebounds, whatever. I'm just trying to go out there and get some wins. We're a big shout out to our medical staff and Jared. I don't know what's Jared's last name. I, for some reason, I'm Jared I Boy. There you go. Shout out to Jared Boy. 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 Boy, Jared Boyd, shout out, big shout out to Jared Boyd and our medical staff. They've done an amazing job, uh, not just with me, but with Z and everybody else that's been rehabbing. I know Dez is out right now. He's been working with Dez as well. Yeah, so I could I could see how mentally tough that could be, especially for a young player coming in like yourself and playing well, you know, seeing yourself being a, a big piece to what we're doing, getting some major minutes and, and, you know, having an impact early on. And also the fact that you're still a rookie until you get a chance to play your, your first game. So I know guys are still messing with you and having you do some rookie duties. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a strong process mentally more than physically. And uh, I see you working day in and day out. I know you're excited and, um, I'm, I'm sure you're excited about this Christmas game coming up. So how important was it for you to get back before that game? Yeah, for real. That was, that was really the main thing. Like, I don't care how many games I miss. I just <laughs> have to play in that Christmas game, like by any means. So, uh, I'm definitely thankful. You know, I get about what, two, two to three weeks before then to, um, you know, get, get my a little rhythm some rhythm you know what I mean get all that little fine little rust off uh but it's gonna be fun man you know, I know the whole team we've been waiting on this one so uh we need some get back for sure man I'm looking I, I, for I'm, sorry H but I, I haven't had a Christmas game in a while and I haven't played in one it's been some time yeah. and I'm really mad that I'm not be able to play in this Christmas game I was, was almost I was rushing or pushing for me to try to get ready for that because I knew it was impossible for me to get ready for the like to be back for the Christmas Day game but um yeah I'm really jealous that uh you guys are going to be out there hooping, but I hope we do get the win. Hopefully next year I'll be back and hopefully we get another Christmas day game and uh, hopefully I can play in that one. But yeah, I'm, I'm a little, I'm excited for it, but I'm a little jealous that I can't be in that one. So in your last Christmas game, what was there like a different kind of approach to it that you played in or it was just the same game? You know? Yeah, it's a little different. It's not as exciting as like a, a, a playoff matchup. I, my last Christmas game was in San Antonio. Philly, we didn't get any. I don't know if we got one in Toronto. We might. I don't think we got one in Toronto. You got it. They got it after you left. After they, after you won the chip, they got it the following yeah, year. Yeah, we didn't get one in Toronto. We didn't get one in Philly. I know. I remember they felt disrespected because we were. They were like a top team in the East. We were number one in the East. Um, so we didn't get one in Philly. And LA, I think we did. We get a Clippers game. That one. That one was a big one. So like obviously the rivalry, uh, Lakers Clippers. So that was a fun one. Um, so I had a lot of excitement about that one. But before that, San Antonio. Like we had a couple of good ones, but they weren't like big rivalry games. So all the outside of Lakers one, I had to have a real good, you know, Christmas Day game, the one that you're looking forward to. So the Clippers was the last one, but that's been a couple of years now. You know, that was 
before the bubble. That's yeah. crazy. Z, I'm yeah. curious. Okay, so you said you, you you know you circled that one versus the Warriors on Christmas Day. Why? <laughs> I mean, shoot, it's it's Christmas Day. You know, what I mean, my whole life it's been you know you open up gifts in the morning and you watch NBA basketball. Like so, just to be actually be playing in front of millions, see all my friends watching me from home. It's gonna it's gonna be like almost just a a starstruck type of moment, you know. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited for sure. And I'm glad I get, like I said, a few weeks and uh, some games to get ready for that. So I'm, I'm sure Christmas is going to be fun playing on, on Christmas Day. I'm sure it would have been fun if you played the Oklahoma City Thunder. Whoever. But, yeah, <laughs> but it's but it's the Warriors, too. Yeah. Did that add? Does that add anything to it for you? I mean, for sure. You know, the, the league knows what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, we <laughs> already got some little animosity towards each other. Um, but at the end of the game, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's all it's all for the love of the game. We all have respect for each other. Um, you know, so we're just trying to just go out there and just play a high level basketball and, you know, give the the country and the world a show, you know, hopefully come out with a win. DG, it does remind me, like, you know, like I'm looking at Grizzlies Warriors now, and it reminds mm. me when it used to be Spurs Warriors, kind of like you on the Spurs. And mm -hmm. you knew the Warriors were coming. Like there's nothing yeah. like you could play well, but you knew the Warriors are coming. And now it's like Warriors are, you know, on top of the throne, but they know Memphis is coming. And For sure. it's interesting that you're on like both sides of it. Is that is that how you kind of see it too? It's exactly how it is interesting I'm on both sides. Cause like they were like little brother when I was in San Antonio. You know, like a lot of our San Antonio people were in Golden State. And they had Steve Kerr there, obviously, who was played under Pop, was with Pop, and they know him very well. They're very familiar with each other. So a lot of those teams and organizations that have San Antonio descendants are like, I guess, little brother. But they were very good. We knew they were coming. And, and we had a team. We had a squad. And they eventually said they, they got real good. And we had to kind of re-up. That's when we got LaMarcus. And, you know, I brought in David, David West for a second. Um, I think we had lost Dave West before this matchup in the Western Conference Finals. That's when Kawhi hurt his ankle um, with the Zaza play, which is now a new flagrant you know, foul rule. Um, but yeah, they were, they were like our little brother. And I could see, you know, Golden State looking at Memphis like that. Like, you know, this is, I wouldn't say little brother-ish, but like, this is a young team that we know is up and coming. They were, they were, we, you know, we were them at one point. So um, sure. I'm sure they have a lot of fun with that matchup because they always have something to prove too. They got to prove that they still got it, that they're not getting old and that they can still, you know, be the top team in the the, the league um, and beating these, you know, up and coming teams. So it's said that, and I think it's the reason why the, the country loves it. The league loves it. They want to see it, and that's why they put it on Christmas. They want to see these matchups, and it's going to be a fun one. Hopefully, everybody's healthy. Uh, hopefully, we get Dez back. I hope Zaire is still good. Trip is still good. Hopefully, we have you know our whole team without me besides me. But hopefully, everybody's healthy, and hopefully, they have everybody healthy, so we can have a you know fun matchup and see what it's like. Because it might be another playoff matchup down the road. You never know. For sure, that's the one we see, want. I'm, I'm yeah. yeah, see, I'm I'm happy for you because you get to play in Christmas and you also get to do it in your home state. I assume you're going to have some type of family uh, be there in the game uh, if they if they allow people from uh, other uh, other fan bases to get in uh, there at Chase Center. So you're in uh, your home state, uh, obviously, where you also played high school basketball um, and eventually you're what your senior year, you transferred to Sierra Canyon. Uh, I'm curious, how was that experience? Uh, transferring into Sierra Canyon and, and how was that senior year obviously playing with Bronny? Man, that 
I'm not gonna lie, that senior year of basketball was like by far the craziest like <laughs> experience I've ever been a part of. Like it honestly prepared me for the NBA. Like I remember we went to China and this this whole herds of fans with LeBron jerseys and Dwayne Wade jerseys just chasing <laughs> the bus. You know, they China, you can't even understand what they're saying. It's just loud and full sold out arenas we went on like six or seven different like uh states or cities out there and um man it was just live and just full of just energy everywhere we went um every we played in the minnesota timberwolves arena sold out dallas mavericks arena sold out um just everywhere man that lebron effect and that uh that Bronny james effect man it's it's real they have some some crazy 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 fans man you almost you like it's weird because a part of you is like you're glad like you know you're a part of it then a part of the other side of me just feels bad like damn Bronny literally like has to deal with this every single day you know Z Wade has to deal with this every single day but the the greatest part about it is they're just two dope just human beings you know those are like my bros I talk to them all the time uh to this day you know just about anything outside of basketball and um you know I'm, I'm glad I was a part of that for sure and to get a a state championship ring uh, to finish off my high school experience, man. That's, that's all I can ask for. Yeah, that's dope, man. So it's a lot of a lot of media attention, a lot of notoriety, but at times it can be too much, especially for a high school kid. So yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. I, mean, I didn't go through it in high school, but I know Bron has been growing up under the camera. And I talk about this all the time about how certain guys, um, you know, I, I commend them for the, the career and lifestyle that they have no choice but to live and still be able to, you know, I wouldn't say be perfect, but be damn near perfect under most mm -hmm. circumstances when they grow up from 17, 18, throughout their whole adulthood being watched and everything they do. Um, so it's kind of crazy uh, to get that attention at that young of age. Um, and to, to get that, like, that exposure before you make it to the league um, and even more exposure than you'll get in college or even in the NBA. So you probably got more attention than, in high school than you got, you know, being in the NBA, you're just another guy. Uh, but being a Sarah Cannon is crazy. Um, so you did go to school. Did you get that same? What school did you attend? Because I heard that you had some offers, man. I, um, I'm wondering. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to Stanford. Um, I'm not going to lie, man. I, I I did have a few offers. from. What was, your, what was your top five? Let's hear those top five and why you chose oh. Stanford over those top five. So if it wasn't Stanford, it was actually UNC and telling Roy Williams. I, this is what I, a little birdie told me this. Never had this it. This is do. crazy. This is <laughs> that crazy. Was the hardest phone call, bro. I swear to you. It was, man, it was, that was, that was a hard, hard, hard place to turn down, man. It really was. Um, so what gave Stanford the edge? Because it was closer to home? I mean, it was just closer to home. And for me, I just, I feel like, you know, basketball is just a tool to just doors and access to life, right? So I was just really trying to prepare myself for life after basketball. And I feel like Stanford, through the alumni network and the opportunities and venture capital, which is what I want to eventually pursue, was going to put me in the best situation for that. Um, and it was it was tough. Like, North Carolina was up there for sure. USC, um, Arizona, Sean Miller was on me super hard at the time um those they were all fun great schools great programs but it was just something about Stanford man it just I couldn't turn it down I couldn't man could have been an alum man you could have been with the good guys <laughs> so good though turned out well for you you know you're in Memphis you yeah, know man, first I'm round good. pick everything went smooth but you know you could have been a part of the 
the real brotherhood. You know what I'm saying? It's all good though. You still my brother now. So, yeah, we'll, we'll make. I, I would say, Dan, that was a that's a hell of an answer though. Like to just talk about what it meant going to Stanford and getting involved with venture capitalists uh, in his future. That's yeah, that's a, yeah. That, that's yeah, I, that's I somebody that comes from good parents. You know what I'm saying? Good military. You know what I'm saying? Raise you the right way. Type as dope. Speaking of, you know, your parents and raising you the right way. Um, I'm wondering if they had something to do with, with your camps, because that I've done camps for years and I've done them throughout the country, other cities that I've played in. I've seen that you hosted your first annual camp and wondering what made you get into that, what made you start it up? Right. Yeah. So um, the camp was something I've always wanted to do, um, you know, by by any means. So it took about like six months in planning big shout out to my mom man she was the real mvp of that camp like she literally just told me to focus on basketball and then she'll take care of the rest so um she got all the the sponsors you know shout out to herbalife and um life 360 for helping set up that event um you know we got the kids gear shout out to the grizzlies they got like little hats and and uh water bottles just little stuff they could take home and um when I got the time in the off season to go back, I really didn't, I didn't know what to expect, you know, cause you know, I feel like I'm a, I'm a pretty humble guy. So I don't know, like if people like, would you really, and it was free. So I yeah. just didn't know like how many people actually show up for my camp. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was sold out like 200 kids. Um, it was love, like, huh? Six to 12, six to 12. And then we had a second session from like 13 to 18. And it was sold out, like 200 kids, both sessions, man. It was a, it was a super fun experience just to be able to give back, see a smile on the kid's face. You know, growing up out there was really nothing. Like, we didn't have any camps. Uh, we had, like, leagues, but that was about it. So I, I remember going to LeBron James camp when I was, like, 10 and how much that impacted me. So I'm just hoping it did the same. Word, word. That's what's up, man. But – that's 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 great, but usually it takes some time to build up to 200 kids. So for you to get that type of love in your first year, um, you know, shows about a, a lot about your community and how much they value you. I remember my first year, man. I thought it was gonna be big. I thought everybody coming. It was like 40 kids there. <laughs> I was like, damn. Uh, all right, well, you know, we make some adjust. We gotta make some adjustments. You know what I'm saying? But you know, a little disappointing, a little disheartening. Like, man. All right, well, maybe the, the community not fuck with me like that. What's it, but. I think, you know, it wasn't, mine wasn't free, but at the same time, you know, it was, it was it, to get the word out, it takes time. You know, even after a decade, you still have to continue to promote. You still have to, you know, win a chip first for people to, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, we want to see you. So uh, yeah. a lot of different things come about when it comes to building that fan base or that community base when people even know about your, your camp and actually save time. Because there's so many things going on in the summertime. You know, kids go away to, what's the name, Happy Fat Camp or I shouldn't Kids go away to, you know, different camps. They go to family camp. They go to, you know, learn how to survive camp. Or, or they got AAU tournaments. They got, you know, piano lessons. You know, they got parents put their kids in so many different things. They also got family vacations. So for them to take a week, out of, like mine's a week, a week or a weekend out of their summer to attend your camp and to actually pay for it, you know, it, it takes time. It shows a lot of love, one, but it takes a lot of time for them to remember that or to see it or to get that word of mouth. And, you know, social media is a big thing now. And um, back then it wasn't that big. So it's hard to get things out. Um, and I was never big on social media. It's hard to get the word out that things were happening. But that's love, man. Get 200 kids in your first year. That, that's amazing. So I got all of maybe 20 and let in another 20. We probably had like a total of 40 and maybe like 60. <laughs> then we sprinkled some in. All right, come on. Let's just, you know, we just, whoever wants to come through, come through. So, but uh, yeah, man, it's a, it's a good start, man. That's an amazing staple that your parents have instilled in you. D yeah, DG, when was, so the first camp was when? 
When was your 2009, first game? bro. Um, I was drafted. That was like right after you got drafted. Yeah, I've been doing it since I've been drafted. And, you know, Pops was like, yeah, we're going to do this. And we said something you can carry on forever when you're done playing and this will live on in your name, your brother's name, something for the family to do for the family and your friends to come back and give people in the community a job to referee, coach, work, some of your friends and peers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I saw part of the vision. I didn't, so you see 40 kids, you're like, man, I don't think this is, I don't know if this is it. But then over time, you know, you get like 100 kids, you 150 kids, and then you're like, all right, you know, this is something kids look forward to every year. And I've seen from then kids grow up, be adults, have families, get jobs. And I remember your camp, man. It's a, or I went to school. Some of them go to – it is crazy and humbling to see some of these kids actually play at Division One level or, you know, become adults and still be like, you know, I attended your basketball camp when I was like 13. It's a, it's a crazy thing. So. Yeah, and Z, even I remember – uh, back when DG won in Toronto, uh, he was able to then do his camp across the entire country of Canada, from yep. Montreal to Toronto to Vancouver. So hope you keep you that know. going. And uh, obviously, if you win. Yeah, uh, yeah I did a win. tour. I did Halifax. I did uh, Ottawa. We did a couple and we sold out. Like, it was crazy. They showed a lot of love. And even in Texas, I did in South Texas where there wasn't a lot of, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of wealth there. So like a lot of you know, let's say poorer cities, but, you know, you know, cities that weren't as well off, they don't get a chance to see Spurs play, but they sold, they showed a lot of there. They sold out their kids, you know, a chance to uh, do a tour throughout South Texas. So every, each city, I've got a chance to do it. I haven't got a chance to do it in California yet, or I haven't a chance to do it in Philly. We had COVID during those times, um, but it was something I wanted to do to build myself in the community in the cities that I played in. And hopefully sure. I can make a home here in Memphis and be able to, you know, do a camp or two, you know, while I'm here. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, yeah. it's going to be a lot easier, uh, Danny, uh, and for you, Z, to fill out those camps with some more wins and potentially some uh, some rings, some jewelry uh, from your be nice. in Memphis. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. for sure. I catch up yeah. to my dog, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only, so Z, only get one. Uh, so, Z, that actually leads me to our, our final question here, at least one of the final ones. How would you classify success for you personally this season man um that's a great question give us three of your goals that you have for the season so for me personally you know I just I love to win I feel like when you win everything else just falls in line so definitely a finals trip a ring is always the number one goal no matter what um just be better than we were last year. Just make slow steps to getting to that final place that we want to be. Uh, that's the first goal for sure. Um, I wanted to make it the All-Star Weekend and uh, do the little Rising Stars game this year. I don't know if I'm even qualified anymore for that or not by the amount of games you got to play. But it's still a lot of time, man. It's still a lot of time. A lot of time, right? So I feel like that will be a, a fun experience for sure. Um but I just, I'm just big on improving, man. Just, I just want to be better than I was last year in all areas, um, honestly. Um, you know, I have a whole lot of aspirations and goals. I'd love to be a Hall of Famer one day, multi-champion, and uh, all, the, all the great stuff. I know it takes slow steps to get there, and um, I'm just trying to just build the right habits and um, discipline to get there. So that's the biggest thing for me. Yeah, that's a that's a good mindset to have in this league because a lot of people, a lot of teams, organizations skip steps. Mm -hmm. And that's how sometimes you'll be disappointed or you'll get, you know, upset uh when you're like a higher seed on the playoffs and you're like, oh, you know, a team may surprise you or you may not get the seeding you want a home court advantage. 
uh, because you skip steps and not focused on, you know, the teams that are right in front of you. Like, all right, you have a game coming up Christmas. Well, we got OKC, you know, tomorrow. We got Detroit the next day. You know, we got to focus on those guys first before we can get to Golden State. Um, so a big part of this league is is not skipping steps and understanding that. So you're ahead of the game in that in that part, in that category, my friend. So it's a good mindset to have. And hopefully we we'll get you to that Rising Stars game challenge. All-Star weekend should be a fun one. And, uh, you know, you know, your debut is coming up. So those who are tuning in and watching, you'll get a chance to see Z debut his first game of this season. Um, right. So, yeah, we're, look, we're looking forward to it, man. And, you know, hopefully you go out there and have a ball, have a blast, and then actually play well and then continue to, you know, play Grizzlies basketball. Sure. So, so Z, now that you, you're getting ready to play, it means a couple of things. One, uh, you, you, you could make yourself eligible for that Rising Stars game. And two... It also means that Danny can now get closer to actually being seen on camera on the bench during the game because <laughs> DG's always in the cut. Like always cut, in the right. cut. <laughs> Bro, I stay out got, the way, man. He's got no choice good. now. Jaron's healthy. You, you're healthy. Like, he's got to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Got I got to see the homie. I, I watched Memphis Grizzlies game. I can't even see Danny. I'm like, where is I stay out the way, my at? dog. Hey, I'll tell you the way. Thing, though. Even though he's in the corner, he's like, I feel like he's the most dialed in, locked in out of everybody. Like, I've learned just so many different tips from Danny just off him just commentating off the game, really. Like, you know, they're in the hedge, red, or if he sees a guy should shoot the gap, whatever it is, you know, he's always talking and always dialed in, so – uh, that's one thing I, I respect about you for real. Like, you know, appreciate man. it, man. I'll, I keep a decent outfit every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Stay on yeah. I, I stay out the way. You know what I'm saying? Des, you know, the last game, everybody was hurt. Des, damn, they're on the court playing. I'm like, yeah, get, you, get your ass off the court. Des on the baseline, about to save the ball. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like, nah, I'll be out the way. I let them have their fun, see the, see the court, and I'll chime in in the huddles when I need to. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I'll, I'll work my way. I'll work my way. I'll work on it moving up the bench a little yeah, bit just, sometimes. Just, just a little smidge, just a little no. smidge over that. So just let the camera, just let the camera either. see you. You know right. what I'm saying? I, I'm there to block the cameras from being in our huddle. I, I feel like this is a thing that a lot of people don't, like young guys don't know this yet and they haven't seen me uh -oh. do it, but like cameras will be on Ja, you know what I'm saying? The cameras will be on always, oh, but and then a lot of times they'll be in the huddle on the on our play calls. And I'm like, yo, in San Antonio, we had a thing where I'd be like, yo, you get that camera out of here, you know what I'm saying? Like, or block it. So like, I would stand in front of it or we'd have a towel. And a lot of times I'm, I don't know if they notice it. I'll just walk right in front of the camera. You'll see, you'll see me, but you won't see me. You'll just see my, my legs or, you know what I'm saying? It's in front of the camera because I don't want them in our huddles. That's the only time that I'm, I'm in front. Any other time I'm not looking for the camera. I don't care to be on it, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll work on it, bro. I'm just saying, because what you, you got to set the stage because if you do it, if you start doing it now, it's not going to look out of pocket for Christmas. Right. So like you can't just pop up on Christmas Day and be in the front of the bench. You know what I'm so saying? This is, you gotta this is my plan. progressively get there. Because <laughs> I want you because national TV on Christmas Day, I need to see, you know, uh, you're my this homie. is my plan. I need man. to see you on camera. I feel you. I feel you. But this is my plan. I I'm planning on not being seen until I play. I'm just gonna pop up and surprise shit. Cause half the people don't even know I'm here. Some people are like, oh shit, you're in Memphis? Yeah, yeah, I'm with the Grizzlies. Like, oh, they say what's up when they see me, but when I'm ready to play, that's when I pop up. Oh, people, the world's gonna be like, oh shit, Danny Green's a melody. Put that's when I pop up. You know what I'm saying? I, I want it to be a surprise. Not a bad idea. You know what I'm saying? Not you know a bad saying? idea. You know what I'm saying? That's my surprise. Not like pop up with an outfit, but shit, I'm in <laughs> uniform. Surprise, motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> last, lastly, Z, uh, uh, next week is a special week uh, for in, the Inside the Green Room family. Uh, we are celebrating a couple of things, myself and our uh, producer, head of operations, Amjad Osman. Danny's going to do something in practice next week. Just know it's not his fault. They both have birthdays and they had a request, a suggestion that I'm going to do. And it's probably going to be during a shoot around or practice. Hey, but hey, hey, yo, yo. I'm just letting them know when it happens, we're going to see and they're going to judge our team of, you know, who was vibing with it. So when it comes, you're going to be like, all right, this is what this is what they were talking about. Hey, hey, hey. All right, man. Good luck. If there's any way to make the process easier, just let me know. I'm, I'm here to It'll help. be cool. It'll be a Christmas vibe. You know what I'm saying? We would it. So we'll see. But yeah, man, we appreciate you uh, taking the time out, man. Much love. You know, good luck on the debut. I'm, of course, I'm be tuned. I'll be watching those who are uh, watching or listening in. Read, subscribe, read, rate, review, all the good stuff. And, you know, watch, you know, Z come in for his first game back of this year. You know, keep supporting, you know, the Grizzlies. So uh, it should hey. be a fun one. Yeah, and, and then if anybody's listening who got um who wants to, to potentially pitch some uh venture capitalist portfolio work for for Z, yeah. hit That's us up. Okay. You know, yeah. we'll take some of that commission too, Z. If you if you end up making <laughs> don't, don't forget the little people when you when you right, build nah, up. I got man. you, man. That's fair. That's fair. That's only right. That's only right. <laughs> but nah, man, I, I appreciate you guys for real. I really do. This was fun. Yeah, man. Well, we'll do it again some other time later in the season. Hopefully, we'll see. Hopefully, by the time we get playoff run and have a maybe Golden State matchup. We might reverse we might revisit this. <laughs>